Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze, and this is my courtroom. Welcome, everyone. I'm the host and the judge, so you can think of me as a multi-hyphenate, in case any casting directors are listening, which I hope they are. Joining us in the court today, we have two women who are already friends and who co-host the new podcast, Popcorn Book Club, that covers books that were recently made into movies and TV shows. First, we have an author who, in addition to the aforementioned Popcorn Book Club, also hosts the incredible podcast, Noble Blood, it's Dana Schwartz. Hi. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. So happy to have you. And going up against Dana, we have actor, writer, and sit-down comedian, it's Karama Donqua. Hi, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry to have to wait for the air horn that I put in there. Oh, it's fine. I didn't respect the air horn. I would just like to say the Foley work is incredible. <laughs> Please factor my praise into into your final decision. Listen, it, it has been known to perhaps sway this judge, but I will get this right off the bat. This has not happened in an episode before, but I am prepared with a handheld copy of the U.S. Constitution for this episode. That's how serious this is. That's so funny because I also have a handheld copy of the U.S. Constitution <laughs> with me. Yeah, this is just I'm how we serious. roll. Yeah, I know. This is how it is. 
these days. Now, listen, I love that you two just started co-hosting a show together, but that you've brought a case into our court right here in the middle of what is definitely a honeymoon phase for you both, correct? Yes, but we've actually been friends for almost a decade. So while we are new to the world as friends, we are old friends to each other. Ah, there you go. I thought that that was just the really great acting and writing. The chemistry is so good (laughs) on your podcast. Okay, now listen, you've brought a tale of two fries to the food court. But before we get into that, let's get to know each other a little bit better. Dana, where are you from and what are some of your favorite food memories from your childhood? Oh, I am from the suburbs of Chicago. And some of my favorite food memories are baking challah with my mom and my two sisters for Shabbat and for the Jewish holidays. Just, you know, we didn't really bake bread a lot, but or ever, except challah, which like the Mm. smell of baking bread is like the most amazing thing. And when I got older for my birthdays, I would bake my own cake, which was always a fun thing to do. And I would get progressively more ambitious. I like that. Wow. Baking your own cake. Sounds like a punishment, actually. No, the opposite. It was the only time of the year where my mom would let me like make a real mess in the kitchen. It was Mm. my birthday. So I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. I I have to listen. I have to jump right in here. We had an episode with my kids recently and they've started cooking a lot more during quarantine. And I just my chef instincts like override my dad instincts. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like horrible in the kitchen with cleaning up. I'm like, everything they do, I'm like, you have to wipe, you have to clean that up right away. It has to happen. And it's not good. I should let them be messy, I guess is what I'm saying. Or you could teach them early on how to, how to have good instincts because I never learned it and I'm terrible at cleaning up. Oh, wow. I like that. Spinning it in my favor. That could help you later in today's episode. Also, Dana, real quick, are you, making, are you baking any bread during quarantine? Because this seems to be something people are doing. No, I have I have absolutely not jumped on like the sourdough train. I have a small studio apartment and it is a it is takeout city, baby. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Helping out the restaurant industry. Exactly. I'm I'm a good Samaritan. What can I say? There you go. Karama, what about you? Where are you from and what were your favorite foods growing up? Uh, well, I am from Los Angeles, California, originally born and mostly raised. And I... My favorite foods growing up, uh, well, French fries were a big one. So that is subject near and dear to my heart. But I also really liked ice cream sandwiches. My mom used to get these things called Tofuti Cuties from the grocery store. I think she got them from Trader Joe's. And they were these like non-dairy ice cream sandwiches that I used to inhale. And she actually tried to stop me from inhaling them by hiding the she told me that they were done and I was little so I couldn't reach the freezer myself so I insisted that she show me the empty box before I would believe that she had in fact exhausted all of our tofuti cutie resources Mm, you should be the judge you need proof (laughs) you need proof and evidence I like mm -hmm, I like (laughs) the evidence Now, this Trader Joe's comes up a lot on our podcast, especially recently. Now, that was a childhood favorite Trader Joe's item. What are some things that you're obsessed with nowadays? Uh, I love crunchy cookie butter. That's a big one for me, and specifically the crunchy one. I don't eat any other butter spreads. I don't eat any nut butters. I do eat butter, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I love cookie butter because I finally get why people enjoy peanut butter because you can just put it on stuff and then eat it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So no peanut butter for you? No, no. mm -mm. Allergy? No. A lot of people ask that. I just don't like it. I think it's gross. There you go. I'm I'm alienating people already. That's all right. I'm surprised we have not actually had a some sort of peanut butter and jelly debate here. Crystal, I'm this is our guests are so smart. I'm not, but it just hit me. Peanut butter and jelly would be a good episode. 
That's a freebie for you. Yeah. All right, here we go. Now, listen, producer Crystal, she did some internet digging, which means, you know, she spent 45 seconds last night. Uh, and she seems to have found that you both went to college in Rhode Island. That's right. Correct? Yes. Yes. Pretty prestigious school, to say the least. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Now, was spending some time on Rhode Island, was it a seafood awakening for you? Not in college. Okay. I feel Absolutely like it was, a, it was a college cafeteria awakening for me. It was... It was a coffee milk awakening for me, personally. I love coffee yeah. milk. I just want to do a shout out to all the lovers of autocrat coffee syrup listening. And also Dell's frozen lemonade. Oh, you took Dell's. I was going to shout out Dell's. <laughs> nice. That's I, my favorite Rhode Island, Rhode Island beverage. I, I know the lemonade, so I've not explained the lemonade to me. It's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is frozen lemonade on a hot day. You get a little cup of like lemonade ice slushy okay it's so it's it's, it's an it's an italian ice of sorts yeah yeah right. just sure. and, I, and you and you beat me to it karama with the milk coffee correct am i saying it correct is it coffee milk no it's yeah. coffee, coffee milk milk the state drink of rhode island now i've been once or twice but mm -hmm. let's explain what this is to everyone absolutely so coffee milk is a lot like chocolate milk or strawberry milk where you know how you get like nesquik syrup and you put it in the milk and you mix it all together except you get a coffee syrup and so it's just a flavoring that you do that I believe has no actual caffeine in it. So it's great for kids. And you stir it in and you drink it up. And in our cafeterias in college, they actually used to have a coffee milk dispenser in addition to a regular milk and chocolate milk one. I never got that. I At the V-dub. Oh, I yeah. never, I, yeah, I never had, I never had cafeteria coffee milk, but I had the, the pre-made syrup. Mm-hmm. There you go. I was going to say, you said there's no caffeine in it. And I was like, well, maybe that's like with all the New England road rage. Like, that's what it was. Like, their kids are drinking. <laughs> there's tri kids on tricycles drinking coffee milk and getting all jacked up and fired up. <laughs> uh, Nazi, the other thing is squid salad. That's a very big Rhode Island thing. No, I've not, never, not I've never, never heard of that. All right. I'm digging into the, I'm going chef level on everyone here. But like, I guess like yes. it's, it's, it's a cold calamari salad, but another very sort of iconic dish of Rhode Island. Enough about Rhode Island, although who knows, it might come up in the debate today. Dana, please tell us about the case you've brought into the food court today in a sentence or so. You know, I have brought a, a challenging case to, to the judge. I, I sort of see myself as the Clarence Darrow of food. I, I'm going up against a system that is stacked against me, frankly, but I am, am fighting for sweet potato fries. I think on the, the merit of sweet potato fries alone, I'll be able to make my case and prove that they are superior to the ordinary fries that we have become so accustomed to mm. uh, they, that they're standard. But I, I don't think we can, we don't, we have to settle for standard. Dana, I know you're an amazing writer. One sentence was the request there. On the, oh. You're already throwing shade, calling them ordinary fries. Karama, I bet you think that they're not ordinary fries, correct? That is correct. And... While I think sweet potato fries do have a place in the culinary world, not saying we should abolish sweet potato fries, it is not as the leader of the fry pack. French fries made with potatoes should hold that distinction. Ooh. Thank you, chef. Wow. Basically saying that <sighs> sweet potatoes aren't even potatoes. We're going to get into it. But listen, here's a question for both of you before we start the heated argument. Heated to, I don't know, maybe 395 degrees Fahrenheit and some sizzling oil. Before we get into that argument, do either of you think there's such... A thing as a bad french fry though seriously absolutely i have had several bad french fries the worst french fry is a 
I'll say it like a mealy steak fry, a room temperature mealy steak fry. Wow, Karama, I, no one can see us, but I can see you. You disagree with that. I love steak fries and I feel like they are unfairly maligned in society. And I think that I've very rarely met a fry that I didn't like. Perhaps a cold fry is mm. the worst fry. I will say I don't like In-N-Out fries, which is controversial as I am <laughs> Californian and also alive in the world having this conversation. <laughs> Respect for realizing that In-N-Out does a lot of things great. Maybe fries is not one of them. Steak fries, taking shots fired over steak fries. You probably don't know, but our pilot episode was a crazy one. It was crispy fries versus soggy fries. I'm familiar. Insane. Yeah, I listened to that one. Truly insane. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I, that was that was a tough one. I don't remember what my decision was on that, by the way. So you ruled in favor of crispy fries. You said you did like a soggy fry, but overall, you'd rather have crispy fries. Mm. It's about the majority of fries. That's a summary. Well, well thank you for uh, reminding me of a past verdict. What's uh, I, I think maybe it's steak fries. Then what's the worst shape of French fry? I'm gonna go steak fry. I think just it, it, there can be great steak fry, but maybe just people don't don't prepare them right, and they can they can get really mealy. You don't get the right textural balance that you want in a fry. Ooh, textural balance. Culinary words being thrown around. Karama, our least favorite fry shape. I like all fries. I really genuinely like all fry shapes. I don't like tater tots. I think that tater tots should not be a part of the fry conversation, and they so often are. And I they're they're like little deep fried potato maggots. And I don't like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Listen, have you ever had a smiley face fry, Karama? I have. Yes. Actually, I retract my previous statement and I do not like <laughs> smiley face fries. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But listen, before we get into our actual arguments here in my court, I like to have a quick trivia round before we get into the debate. The winner of the trivia round gets to decide the order that you present your arguments, but also trivia is fun. So let's get into it, shall we? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you've both found curated, created some sort of buzzer for our contest today. Dana, yes. what is your buzzer for the day? Bzz, I will be doing a mouth buzz. A mouth buzz? Fair. Efficient, low impact, great for the environment. I, I was going to say, it's, it's not only is it, a, is it a mouth buzz, but it's very, it's, it's a bumblebee. Yeah, it's, it's, it's adorable. It's, yeah. Yeah, you need bees. I like this. Okay, Karama, your, your sound effect will be? Ooh. <laughs> A classic food court sound, the sproing. I love a boing. Is it a boing or a sproing? I think it's a. I think it's a sproing. I think it's both the S and the B. I love it. It is a buzz versus the sproing. Here we go. It is time to get into our trivia question one. Who was the first author to pen French fries in literature? Hint: I played a character in fifth grade from one of his his uh, creations. That character was named Bob Cratchit. Okay, that is Dana. Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Dana, aware of my performance from my fifth grade production of A Christmas... No. Uh, that would be A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. Thank you. I was a big fan. I was in the audience. Brought me to tears. Thank you so much. All right, that means, Dana, you're up 1-0. Luckily, there's two more questions left. Karami, you can get back in it. Dana, listen, the strategy with the mouth buzzer is pretty good because you can just you make that sound real quick. Karama, you can't see her, but she's got, she's, her, she's ready to go. She's ready to buzz in. All right, question two. What country opened the first French fry museum? Karama. I'm going to guess Belgium. Karama, that is a good guess and an accurate one. It is Belgium. Oh, yes. 
my reality show judging paying off there as I threw you a little quick distraction. You thought you didn't get it right. My heart, it really <laughs> did skip a beat. By the way, now though, what are your thoughts? Quick sidebar, sorry to do this, Crystal, for your editing, but uh, we can just create museums out of anything now. Have you been to the Ice Cream Museum? Have you been? Yeah, I have. And I read about the recent controversy with the Ice Cream Museum. There was an article. I can't remember what outlet it was in, but it was called Ice Cream, You Scream, Meltdown at the Museum of Ice Cream. <laughs> That's a great headline. I it will was. say, as a narcissist, I like any quote-unquote museum where the point is taking pictures of yourself, but I don't think you can call them museums. If I you don't agree. learn facts, like I, I love a museum and, and I love a Instagram experience, but they're different things. Don't call it a museum. Yeah, here was my gripe with the Museum of Ice Cream in particular, because I went to that one and then was vowed never to go to another museum that was an Instagram sensation. I felt like I didn't learn about the history of ice cream, and there were art installations there, but I didn't learn about any of the artists who created the art installations. So for me, it was twofold. I learned neither about ice cream nor about the representations of ice cream that were present in the space. And as an artist, that hurt me. Mm. I, I remember once going to like the Museum of Sex in Amsterdam and we were like, you know, young and being like, oh, that'll be fun. And I was so dismayed to find I'm a history buff. You know, I do noble blood. I have a, a semi-basic timeline of history. And like so much of their information was inaccurate that that was not the point of the museum. I guess it was just for American tourists to show up and be like, ha I'm at the Museum of Sex. But it broke my heart that the museum was was ahistorical. Oh. It made me it made me uh, lose faith in the in the in the phrase museum of mm, full of lies. <clears throat> but my response to both of you and I hate to be basic, but Karama, did you jump in a pool of sprinkles? You did. And that means something. so freaking <laughs> And now I have to change to I've been marketing some of my live appearances as the Museum of Molecular Gastronomy. It's just an event that I cater, but it seems to work. <laughs> smart, smart marketing. <laughs> OK, here we go. Question three. Tied 1-1, question three will determine who gets to make the decision whether to present first. Question three, what is the name of Van Gogh's masterpiece that features a scene of ugly peasants enjoying a hearty meal? Oh! Dana knows it's on the tip oh. of her tongue, perhaps. I've, I've been to the Van Gogh Museum also I will say to that show the... that my Amsterdam experience was... Did you take a bunch oh, of selfies oh, there? Oh, buzz, buzz, buzz. Okay, Dana with the bumblebee buzz. Uh, the potato eaters. Dana crushing the game, or should I say mashing the potato eaters? Bad yeah. pun. Great answer. And I, I respect that. I respect that art knowledge, and I just did not know. I was never going to get that, and I cede to your superior Van Gogh knowledge. You know where I learned that? A museum. <laughs> A real museum. A real museum. <laughs> Listen, but I'm going to open up the potato museum and it's just going to be five tables where you eat different types of potatoes. I don't we're we're at odds. That is a restaurant. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's called. Isn't this a restaurant, actually? Not a museum? <laughs> yeah. The potato eaters, which both of you are, as evidenced by the case you've brought to or are sweet potatoes, actually potatoes. We might get into that. All right. That means that, Dana, you have won two points to one and you get to make the biggest decision in a food court episode. You get to decide whether you want to present your case first or second. I will go first. Oh. Wow. This has been happening recently, but yeah. guests coming on deciding to present first, which I would say is an outlier usually with this decision. That means you have a lot to say. That's usually what that means. And I 
recognize in a court case, look, it's 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 challenging, but I, I think that's the way I want to go. I see myself as the prosecution here. Wow, there we go. Big words right there. And before we get into our actual argument, it's time for a quick break. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I was just going to say, Richard, that gnocchi maker is making this so that when all this quarantine is over, you have to invite me and Karama over. Yes, this is a new requirement. Ah. Done deal. I mean, are you kidding me? Like we're so, I mean, one, yes, we're friends now, but like anytime, like I'm, we're ready, I'm ready to cook. We're ready to have guests. Oh my gosh, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> we are back. Today we have the case of the French fry versus the sweet potato fry. And we are about to get into the arguments. The way this works is that you'll each have three minutes to state your case. During this three minutes, you need to lay out your case and not focus on your opponent or their case. Use the first three minutes to passionately make your own case. And I have a feeling that both of you understand what I'm saying. And, and, and I'm saying that because, listen, in all fairness to everyone else who's been on the show, you might be the two smartest people who have ever been on the show. I'm just, I'm just saying. Aww, and no offense to producer Crystal either. Okay. Here we go. I'm talking about myself included. Listen, if you want to go low and get dirty, which you might... You will have your rebuttal rounds to just go nuts on each other and say all the stuff you want to say because this is America. Here we go. It's time to get into this. Dana, you've made the interesting choice to present first. You're talking about why sweet potato fries are amazing. Your three minutes starts now. If I might quote Bruce Lee, all fixed set patterns are incapable of adaptability or pliability. The truth is outside fixed patterns. The truth is, I understand that typical, boring, 
ordinary french fries are the standard. You order fries at a restaurant, simple white potatoes are what you receive in return. But just because something is standard doesn't mean it's the best choice. If we simply continued on doing things as they've always been done, we would be dying of dysentery at 35 by the light of whale oil lamps. So I urge you to look outside of simple rote habit and find something deeper, the elusive truth of which Bruce Lee spoke. And that simple truth is just that sweet potato fries on the whole are superior to regular fries. First, let's look just from a basic vitamin nutritional standpoint, the fundamental purpose of which food serves in our society. Sweet potato fries explode with antioxidant-rich vitamin A, and they also contain more fiber and potassium than their boring white counterparts. But I understand what you're thinking. I'm not eating fries to be healthy. When I'm indulging in fries, I want the maximum enjoyment of the experience. It's not about vitamins and nutrition. Well, that's also why sweet potato fries come out ahead. When you order typical fries at a restaurant, there's a wide variety that could come with your meal. Everything from steak fries to the tater tot, of which Ms. Donkwa spoke, to smiley face fries. Chefs continually try to reinvent, reinvigorate typical fries to make them more exciting and more palatable. The thing about sweet potato fries, you typically know what you're getting. You're getting the platonic ideal of fries, which are thin, crispy on the outside, soft, mushy on the inside. There's a reason there's so many varieties of French fries. Typical white potato fries are boring. They need a little zhuzh. There's a reason when millennials go to restaurants and they see tater tots on the menu, there's so much excitement. There's like that, that weird fixation that people have with tater tots. No, sweet potato fries do all of the work on their own. The crispiness on the outside, the soft, chewy, marshmallowiness on the inside makes a perfect textural fry. But it's not just about texture, it's also about flavor. The fry itself calls out for sweetness. There's a reason we dip French fries in ketchup. Fries need that sweetness. There's a reason that we dip French fries in milkshakes. Sweet potato fries do that by themselves. So from a, a nutritional, textural, and flavoral standpoint, sweet potato fries come out ahead. Order in the court, Tina Schwartz. <laughs> I was doing a summary. I needed to, to wrap it up. Coming in like a prosecutor, for sure. Dropping a lot of knowledge in, a, in, a, in such an eloquent way, too. Let's, be, let's just be honest about this. Sweet potato fries being the outlier that they are. Quoting Bruce Lee. And not just like the most basic Bruce Lee quote. Like digging deep to find a quote. Will this be an argument of nutrition versus nostalgia? Uh, sweet potatoes being nutritious. And then finally getting to what is an important part of this. Flavor. Sweet potato fries bringing, obviously, sweetness to the game. And also dropping the word marshmallowiness, one of my favorites, sort of evoking the spirit of the holidays, even of sweet potatoes and marshmallows, which is a disgusting dish, just to get that out. Oh no, yeah, never. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, put them in, put them in fries. All right, Karama, that was well stated. She went the full three minutes. Many, many facts. Your three minutes to talk about why our standard fry is best starts now. Who am I? I am but a humble French fry enthusiast. The average American eats almost 30 pounds of fries in a year, but I am far from average. I can comfortably say that I probably eat upwards of 50 pounds of fries annually. In college, I ate fries three times a day, seven days a week for four straight years. 
I went back for my five-year reunion and the people from the campus eateries and nearby diners warmly embraced me and cheered my return. I don't say this to brag. I don't want to say this at all in case my mother or my doctor is listening, but I have to say this to illustrate a truth. I know fries. I live and breathe fries. And never once have I, a red-blooded American woman, intentionally eaten a sweet potato fry. Why, you may ask? Well, because like so many people in this nation and across the globe, I crave the excitement and variety that only a real fry can give you. Waffle fries, steak fries, shoestring fries, garlic fries, potato wedges, seasoned fries, chili cheese fries, poutine. A sweet potato fry could never. Our own judge's favorite variety of fry, the curly fry, is nigh impossible with anything other than a good old-fashioned potato. Sweet potato fries are the, is Pepsi okay, of the fry world. And I say no. Pepsi is not okay. And neither is anything other than a French fry. Fries are reliable. They are dependable. They are consistent. And I hate to say it, but in these uncertain times, isn't that what we want more than anything else? Consistency? I mean, I could get bogged down with facts like how registered dietitian Alyssa Rumsey confirmed in a men's health article that standard fries are higher in nutrients like iron, potassium, protein, and vitamin C than alternatives that shall not be named. But who wants to do that? I come from a performance background, and I would like to state this simply. French fries are the character actors of the fried tuber world. They are less concerned with popularity and stardom than they are with contributing to build something great. They are artists first and entertainers second. They are the CCH Pounders, Margot Martindales, Stanley Tucci's, and Forrest Whitaker's that hold the world of fried starches to a higher standard. They aren't trendy or hip. They are reliable and timeless. And who doesn't like Stanley Tucci or CCH Pounder? Thank you, chef. I rest my case. Wow. I said what I said. I said all I needed to say. Presenting yourself and understandably now, I get it. Kurama, you are an expert on French fries. This, you, you have presented yourself now as truly, I think, the first expert on a case that's been in this court three times a day. That's a, that's a lot of French fries. You know your fries and really breaking this down to the consistency of fries, which I think was alluding to the texture of the fry as well, which is a big part of this. Is it sort of, can you get a sweet potato fry crunchy? I don't know, but our standard regular fries, they can get nice and crispy. Forrest Whitaker. I love it. I was thinking John C. Riley the whole time. Oh, John C. Riley is also one of the French fries of the actor world, I would say. This He's a it. sweet potato fry. He's always <laughs> been a sweet potato fry. John C. Riley, please let us know whether you identify as a sweet potato fry or a regular French fry or anywhere in between on the spectrum. So we are at the end of, of round one. I have to say, uh, again, just to reboot and recap for everyone that's listening, you've listened to other episodes, but this is not based off of my own personal opinions. This decision will be made based off of the arguments that are presented in this court. We are ready for the rebuttals. Dana, you'll have two minutes on the clock to really let Karama know why she's absolutely wrong when it comes to our standard basic fry. You ready to go? Yep. All right, Dana, your two minutes starts now. Ms. Dunkwa, your point was eloquently made. It's clear that you do have a performance background, but there's a reason that you had to resort to personal anecdote and listing character actors and still ended your argument 30 seconds short. You simply do not have the facts of the case in your favor. You got facts continually wrong throughout your argument. Sweet potato fries absolutely can 
be exploded into a variety of culinary options. Sweet potato curly fries, sweet potato shoestring fries. There absolutely are a variety. I say it's, it's not lack of potential, it's lack of imagination. And your argument resorting back to the comfort and reliability of the regular fry just makes it absolutely clear that the limitations of sweet potato fries are based only in that small-minded thinking that you and so many people of our nation share. The sweet potato fry has boundless potential and as a dish on its own without nostalgia or, uh, or, or various experimentation varieties attached, the sweet potato is a fundamentally more tasty dish. The sweet and the salty is an eternal combination for a reason. It just works. So embrace the difference. I would argue that the regular potato fry is the boring standard A-list celebrity. The sweet potato fry is the different, interesting, talented character actors who have been slaving for years without recognition. So finally, embrace what's different. Embrace the truth. Embrace the sweet potato fry. It is getting, uh, I'm not, it's not getting heated. Just the, the arguments are becoming inc incredibly passionate right now. <laughs> All right, Karama, you'll have two minutes to let Dana know why she's wrong and why, what did she say? Leonardo DiCaprio is basically a regular fry. That's what she's saying. Yeah. I love Leo, by One the way. One could argue that Leonardo DiCaprio straddles the line between character actor and A-lister. Mm, yeah. You could argue that. I would say it's more of like a like a Jennifer Lawrence, Laura Dern situation. I love Laura Dern. First of all, the graphics for this episode are going to be amazing, Crystal, because now <laughs> we have all these fry shapes and we have to find out what all these celebrities think about these fries. All right, Karama, <laughs> two minutes for your rebuttal. Your time starts now. Ms. Schwartz. As my opposing counsel, I just want to say, I respect your position. I respect your passion and your zeal. You mentioned that sweet potato fries offer a necessary sweetness to the fry that we get from dipping it in ketchup. I think that that is, of course, assuming a lot about our listeners and people across the nation and how they eat their fries. There are a lot of different ways to eat fries. Many people across Europe, don't alienate our European listeners, love to have mayonnaise with their fries or ketchup and mayonnaise. And I think that the standard, the beloved original fry, has more earthy and versatile flavor profile that allows it to be mixed with a wide variety of possible pairings. So things like aioli and things like barbecue sauce. I also resent the accusation that I have my facts incorrect. I did cite my sources. And I would like to also mention that sweet potato fries are often held up as a paragon of health, but ounce for ounce, calorie for calorie, it seems that overall experts cannot come to a consensus as to whether sweet potato fries are actually healthier. I know that you didn't mention that, but I think that I need to. So I would also like to say, just on a personal note, you yourself wrote about fries in your debut novel and were off. You did not once mention sweet potato fries and you have two instances where you talk about two separate types of fries. It's page 98 or 99 of your book. I'm sure you remember writing it. You talk about McDonald's fries initially and then street fries in Belgium, the home of French fries, where I don't think they have a lot of sweet potato fries lying around. They know what's good and they know how to give it to you. Lastly, I would like to say that French fries are street food, the food of the people, widely available to the masses, while sweet potato fries are primarily found in sit-down restaurants. 
If you believe in class solidarity among the proletariat, you must pick the French fry over its more pretentious cousin, the sweet potato fry. Karama, Thank we you. have never had anyone cite their opponent's work in this court before. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because we haven't had too many authors, probably. But you also incorrectly cited it because my character hated Belgium. She hated Belgium, but she didn't hate the fries. Karama, by, in, by in, uh, evoking Belgium, I believe you are also saying that you agree with the atrocities that Belgium committed in the Congo. Is that what my opposing counsel is saying? That is not at are all what I'm saying. Are you endorsing Belgium's political Order positions? in the courts. Of course Order not. in the court. This is a... I am an anti-colonialist. This is a case about potatoes, ladies. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I will say this once again, back and forth. What side am I on? I'm not sure. I have my opinions as a chef, but have I been swayed? This is the moment of our session where I will retire to my chambers and I will return <laughs> with my verdict. But before that, a quick break. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I just want to say in a real court, the prosecution then gets a one-minute double rebuttal at the end to, to because they have the burden of proof. I just want to say that you're a whiny little baby. <laughs> I love the crosstalk. I am back. The case of sweet potato fries versus regular standard French fries. Before I deliver my verdict, you'll each have one minute to oh. express some final thoughts. Dana, I don't know what type of court you thought this was, but this is legitimate. Of course, you're going to have yeah, your last words. Dana, anything you'd like to say to perhaps change or, or you know, alter my decision here? You know, as, as I alluded to my opponent, Ms. Donkwa, uh, she cited my novel in which the protagonist dislikes her experience in Belgium 
And also, I would like to point out that the Belgians were incredibly dumb when it came to French fries. They were soldiers during World War II who thought they were in France, when in fact they were in the region of Flanders, which is not France at all. Just because their fellow soldiers happened to be speaking France, they thought that they were in France. Completely incorrect. French fries are based on a lie, and we've continued on that lie ever since. By switching up the dialogue, that's the, the, the system that will reward sweet potato fries for all the good they do on their own. Dana, impassioned once again, going over. I've never had to gavel someone as much as Dana in, in the court before. Crystal, we'll have to note this. Karama, I'm a talker. Uh, you have a last moment here to express your final thoughts on the matter. Go ahead. I would like to say that some cases are won in the court of public opinion. Some cases are won in judges' chambers. And I implore you to think about this case being one in the court of your mouth. What do you want to eat? What do you crave in the middle of the night when you're at home, you're thinking about all the good times, you're wondering what you're gonna do with the rest of your life? You don't crave a sweet potato fry. You crave a French fry. You want a French fry. You love a French fry. And don't deny that about yourself. Stick to your roots. Know where you come from. Okay. Fries. Okay. I thought this wasn't about your personal preference. It could be. <laughs> I cannot wait to the next episode of Popcorn Book Club, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure this is going to carry over. This is definitely going to leak and drip into the, one of your future episodes for sure. We do have an impassioned debate about mac and cheese on which Dana and I are on opposing sides. Mm, not surprising after. <laughs> not surprising at all. Okay, here we go. I have come up with a decision. My final verdict in the case of sweet potato fries versus regular fries. Dana had some amazing notes here. I mean, it's about nutrition. The sweet potato, perhaps one of the most nutritious foods in the whole world, quoting Bruce Lee. And sweet potatoes are sweet. They deliver a flavor that the regular potato does not deliver. Karama letting us know she is an expert and that it's about consistency and that perhaps regular fries are character actors. They play well with everyone else, including all sorts of condiments and dishes globally. They can be made into very many different shapes. Dana's saying, no, sweet potatoes can be made into different shapes as well. It's a lack of imagination. I've thought long and hard about this, and my decision is based off of surprisingly one of engineering. Well, some things are classic and traditional for a reason. Karama, you win. It is yes! our standard French fry. <laughs> it is a... You can appeal, but the judge has ruled. You can appeal, but don't leave the peels on sweet potato fries because they burn frequently when you do so. And that is why my decision was made. It's one of engineering. The sweet potato, harder to make into all of those amazing shapes. Can you make a curly fry out of it? Sure, but not without a lot of waste. I do enjoy a sweet potato, and as someone who has lost a lot of weight in my life. It is an incredibly nutritious food. You'll find me snacking on one probably later today. But in food court, the winner is Karama. What do you have to say about your victory there? I feel like justice was served today. I feel like this was a victory, not just for me, but for all French fry lovers and enthusiasts. And here's the thing. My original argument was not that we should, as many people, including myself personally, think, get rid of the sweet potato fry. It's just that it's not the top of the heap. Dana is upset. Listen, everyone, thank you so much for joining me on Food Court. You can find Dana Schwartz talking about books that have been adapted into movies and TV shows on Popcorn Book Club and on the podcast Noble Blood, where she explores the stories behind history's most fascinating royals. 
Check her out on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Zs. Karama is a co-host on Popcorn Book Club, and you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Karama Drama. Listen, everyone, what do you think? Did I get this one wrong? I know a lot of you think that I probably did. What's your favorite French fry or French fry shape? Let me know on Twitter and Instagram at Richard Blaze, or even maybe now on the TikTok at Richard Blaze Official. Food Court is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Richard Blaze. My producer is Crystal Bamahi. Food Court was created by our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. The rest of my Food Court clerks are Gabrielle Collins, David Wasserman, and Jasmine Blaze. Our amazing theme song is by Jason Neesmith. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.